All right, and here we are for another episode of That's Outrageous. Another week. Another week. And we were just saying how there's so many kooky stories this week. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I think the world has gone mad. <laughs> I think people are just, they're either just throwing caution to the wind. Like they're just doing wild shit because they just are like, who knows what's going to happen next. It's true. And uh, I saw evidence of that this weekend at my son's high school musical where a grown woman was having a full on meltdown about some cookies. And I only wish that I were kidding about that. I wish I can't believe no one recorded that. Like, I feel like that's something that is prime for someone to like secretly be videoing and then uploading to Twitter. Yeah, I it well, it's burned into my memory. So <laughs> I'm telling you, people are losing it at the smallest infractions. Like they're just they've had it. People have had it. Yeah. Or sorry, not to harp on this, or you're trying to sell cookies at a concession stand and you say to someone, I have no skin in this game, and they yell at you, I have all the skin in this game. Don't you understand? That's all she has. That's all, all she, has. she has is the cookies cookies for grace it's the cookies oh okay but first this is chrissy and i'm ann and this is that's outrageous the podcast where we break down the week's what i'm gonna say i was gonna say wacky which makes me sound like a drive time dj but that's fine <laughs> wacky stories that you might have missed during the week and revisit a fun uh movie of our i don't know we're just past i don't know we're gonna try you, something sure. you, well, yeah. why not yeah whatever we just talk about stuff yeah. you're either into it or you're not okay well this weekend we have we have a double bill of people <laughs> uh in the throes of lust. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm interested. Yeah. Well, the first one, this is, this is just a, this is just a, I'm going to go back to back with these because, <laughs> because the first one was sent to us by our very good friend, Danielle, who's been on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She, she found the story of an online, uh, I believe it was a bot mitzvah. <laughs> I think it was a bot mitzvah. It was like a, like a, at least it was celebratory. It was like a good, it wasn't like a funeral. It was like a- No, but a sacred rite of passage, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. It should be, people dress up for it. Yes, and, <laughs> and um, they're, they're still doing, some of these things are still being done via Zoom because of the ongoing COVID pandemic. Yep. This is a recent story. This is not like a, you know, depth deep in the throes. So this is my other point. By this point, people should kind of be used to Zooms. Like, correct. And, and all of the rules that apply to it in terms of muting, unmuting, camera on, camera off, all that kind of stuff. You should be, you know, you've had plenty of time to master those things. Yeah. You would think, well, this couple uh, tuned in to the Shabbat services. I guess one would have to imagine they didn't realize their camera was on and they started engaging in sexual activity. <laughs> They're like, this is boring. To an audience of <laughs> people who are getting a lot more than they thought. Uh, 
And actually this story uh, went viral among the Jews who were delighted in the writer's <laughs> use of Debbie does Deuteronomy, <laughs> which became a, a tabloid story. What can I say? I mean, it was, you know, the, the girl was becoming a woman and the, and they were like, let's show you one of the ways you can become a woman. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it, it says, this story says it points to the potential risks in the use, no kidding, of streaming technology by conservative synagogues, which are barred by the religious laws with engaging in electronic devices on the Sabbath. Right. Cause you're not supposed to do anything with electronics. So theoretically, like, I think it even says it in the article, right? That they, that like in, in normal days, you would be like, oh my God, Bob and Debbie, turn off your, we can see you. We can see you turn off your camera, but because of the rules, like you're not allowed to mess with it. Yes. Well, that's the whole thing that when the, when the pandemic started, they sort of made this exception so that it could set up the Zooms, but then they're supposed to set it and forget it. It's like a set it and forget it, Ron Popeil, like just, which I'm sure a lot of people do that. Like you walk by changing out of the shower, you're doing like, you just, it's like, you know, people say on reality shows when they're being recorded after a while, you forget the cameras there. You just go live your life. Yeah. Well, apparently this went on for 45 minutes. Good for them. I mean, that's really with no one intervening. Good for them. Although if I was the girl getting the bat mitzvah, I'd be, be pissed. I'd be like, thanks a lot, uncle Bob and aunt Jane. No, that it would be horrifying. Yeah. And again, to your point, no one would pick up the phone because of the, um, rules. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're like, do I break the rule? Like, do I do it? Do I call? What do I do? I think I maybe, I mean, I don't know what happens if you break the rules. I don't know why you couldn't just sort of start waving, like, you know, waving it. They're not looking at the screen at that point, Chrissy. For 45 minutes. I mean, you could have, you could have yelled. You could have, you could have done a, you know, three amigos, look up here. You could have, you know, done clapping, blew a whistle, something maybe. Yeah. Um, so that happened. And then here's the other story. There was a Florida couple who were driving down the road. Yeah. And the woman was uh, performing a sex act on the man. She was giving him a blowjob. And then they, of course, like a movie, crashed the car. I feel like that happens in movies all the time and shows. It does happen in movies. They got into a head on crash with a FedEx truck. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Luckily, no one, well, the FedEx driver was not injured. The two in the car did sustain some injuries and there's pictures of them being tended to by uh, the police. They pulled out of their car. Both of them have their pants down. Both of them had their pants down. Both Ooh, of them. Okay. I mean, that's a lot for a police officer to come onto this scene and see what. Oh my goodness. Is the penis, is the penis okay? Or is he going to have to grow one? No, well, that is what got injured. Yeah, that is what. Got you, oh my God, you probably bit it or something. Yeah, but apparently not. Not it, it's it's a uh, it's not like the guy who then had to grow a penis on his arm. Yeah, he won't be doing that. Wow, I like that they were just driving down the highway. It wasn't even like um, a long distance drive or something to break up the drive. It was just like normal traffic, normal commute trafficking. Yeah, he went to, he went into the other lane. He wow. literally went into the other lane. Wow. Somebody get her number. <laughs> People are going to be like, I'm sorry to hear that. What's her contact info? 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people are really uh, coming out of that the pandemic blues and expressing themselves. And I mean, I feel like blowjob and cars tail as old as time, but going across <laughs> multiple lanes of traffic is, you know, hell of a time. And then her pants were down. Yeah. I don't know why her pants were down. <laughs> he was doing something. About, here's, here's what was happening. Oh, oh no, I don't want to know. He had one, he had one hand no. on the wheel, one hand on a different wheel. Okay. And, okay. and distraction on himself. And that was just all too much at that. I feel like one at a time, if you're in the car <laughs> and you've got to be at 10 and two. Yeah. You should definitely be at 10 and two. If you think there's going to be some kind of reaction that you're going to have. I think that's, they, they, you know, got too close to the fire. You know, it was too much. They should have, <laughs> they got a little greedy. It's like just one at a time when you're, when you're driving. Okay. Um, and <laughs> then this is a, this is a, this is a funny story. It, it sounds like the beginning of a joke, but an opossum walked into a bar in Brooklyn. <laughs> it sounds like the beginning of a joke. It does. And you know, those creatures are very ugly. They are, but they're harmless at night. I thought they aren't they like really nice? I don't think they're really, I mean, people, when this, when this animal walked in, they thought it was a rat, but they're much bigger than rats. Yeah. And as you can imagine, people were like freaked out and trying to hide and Aww. running. No, I thought they're nice. Aren't they marsupials? I, they're disgusting. All right. Well, anyway, as luck would have it, there was a woman in the bar from <laughs> Alaska Oh, she's seen it all, I'm sure. Who has seen it all. Animal-wise, yeah. Literally, with her bare hands, grabbed the opossum by the <laughs> scruff of the neck. Oh, yeah, that's how you're, right? Like a cat. Yeah. Scruff of and the neck. And carried it out of the bar as people were videotaping this whole thing. And then let it out in the street. Good for her. She was the, the hero of the bar. They said after that, it became almost like a party atmosphere they were so happy that she did this and couldn't believe it. And then everyone was buying her multiple rounds of drinks. <laughs> That's amazing. And she was literally like all in a day's work. Like this just happens all the time. Yeah. She's like, it's not a big deal, but I will take that Bud Budweiser. Yeah. She said she was the calmest one in the situation. Oh, she did take the time to roll down her sleeves just in case the possum tried to bite her. <laughs> and there's like pictures of her holding this possum. I love that it's like these idiots are all like, oh, let me get my cameras and take pictures. And this lady's like, oh, God, let me go take care of this. Yeah. And went and had to do it. Yeah. She said it was all nonchalant. She actually said, I'm from Alaska. As if that's like everyone's supposed to be like, oh, OK, great. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah she's going to do this. I mean, because I feel like I said, I think I could be wrong. I think opossums are nice and they're pretty docile creatures. Aren't they the ones that play dead? I don't. I I've seen them outside of my house at night. They're really they have those ugly but they're very good for the environment i think they eat like ticks and mosquito like all the things that are bad for like i'm a fan all right well i would just say if i was in that bar i would definitely buy that woman a drink as well um so i would too yeah because i d i don't think i wouldn't be scared i probably just be like that's cool like it wouldn't bother me if he came in but i certainly would not be going over to remove him with my own bare hands no. And you wouldn't want to be sitting in a bar with a possum scurrying around. If it was, I don't know. I feel like. No. We'll see. No. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of these days. 
All right, Anne, in our last story, this is another crazy one. Although this tradition has been going on literally for, for hundreds of years. Okay. And it takes place in England and people come from far and wide. They have an annual, well, they haven't had the last two years, but so that's why there's right. a lot of interest this year. So now everybody's into it because I haven't been able to do it. Yes. And what it is, is a cheese race. What? <laughs> there's oh, no. there's an extremely steep hill in this town of Brockworth, England. Okay. And they take one of those big cheese wheels. A cheese wheel? Oh, yeah, cheese wheel. Don't, don't even get me started about a cheese wheel. I have a cheese wheel story. You do? Yeah. Quickly, I can tell you the cheese wheel story. So my boyfriend at the time, my friend and I were going to visit him. And it was a long drive. We were driving from New York to Virginia. And we had to pick up his another guy along the way. It was this horrible journey. It took us, this is in the 90s. So there was no cell phones. There was no... It took us hours and hours and hours. So we finally get there. We're starving. It's like late at night. We're like, oh my God, we're so-. everything was closed. And we were like, there's nothing to eat in this house. Like, what are we going to do? And he's like, I could make grilled cheese. Open the refrigerator. To this day, I don't even know why. I don't, I don't think I've asked why, but there was just a giant cheese wheel oh. in the refrigerator. And I was like, you expect someone to cook first of all i think it was parmesan which you can't even make grilled cheese out of no. from the giant cheese wheel and i was like beside myself with anger like seething seething i'm still mad about it it's been 25 years <laughs> fucking cheese wheel and every time i see a cheese wheel or hear about a cheese wheel i think about it i think about the offer of a grilled cheese that was never to come well this might trigger you then Anne. I, it already has. You just, you said the words cheese wheel. And I was like, cheese wheel to the point where I'm going to be like, remember that cheese wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they take a cheese wheel and they roll it down this hill. And then all these people chase the cheese wheel. Oh, why? We're, we're for what? 625 feet. Why do they? I don't even, th- I think it's honestly, do it's you just then get like- the cheese. Like whoever catches it gets the cheese wheel. Well, it's like you, you're winning a race. You don't even get the cheese. I, I don't think that you like win anything, but like, it's just like, oh, I won that race. But the whole thing is I was watching video. People can't keep their footing. They wind up like <laughs> flying down this hill. And every year there's injuries every single year. There's like concussions, there's broken bones. They're laying it all on the line for the cheese wheel. Yeah. They, they, this one guy who has won it 22 times has suffered a concussion, bruised kidneys, a broken ankle. What? Yeah. And they do it separate. There's a women's race and a men's race. And there's apparently a Netflix documentary series uh, called We Are the Champions. That's all about this race. But I, but what's the point? You catch the wheel of cheese and then what happens? You're never going to catch it. You, you just go to the, I think it's like whoever gets the How do you first. win? Oh, so it's almost like the cheese wheel is the pacer. Yeah, the cheese wheel. You're never going to catch the t- cheese wheel. Let me just you, say. You that. know what? You'll never catch a cheese wheel and you'll also never get a grilled cheese made out of that cheese wheel. <laughs> well, after it's been flung down this hill, I don't know that you'd really want to. Well, but it's, that's the whole thing about the cheese wheel is that it's perfect. Like it's, it's contained in, you know, the wax or whatever it is they put around. That was my other thing. I'm like, do you even have a proper knife that could cut through a cheese wheel? Yeah. This is a heavy duty thing. Yeah. What people won't do for a cheese wheel. I, I, that's, I don't get it. 
I don't get it either, but it's a big attraction. And now they've limited the number of people because there've been so many injuries. I don't even know if I would go and like watch it, like watch someone do that. Like, it's just not. I'll tell you the one that I watched. The guy was literally, I mean, several people was like a rag doll, like just fall. Like it wasn't even a race. He was just falling. <laughs> you just start running until, until you just, your body just makes you fall, I guess. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy for, for a hundred percent. All right. And so this week, uh, I picked a movie. Yes, two, two weeks. weeks in a row. Two weeks. Whoa. Uh, I thought, you know, in honor of school ending and summer coming, that we should watch Summer School from 1987. I love Summer School. I saw that in the movies for sure. I definitely saw it in the movies and I really rewatching it. I was like, I don't remember. I mean, I don't think I've seen it since because none of it was coming back to me. Oh, really? God, I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. So it starred Mark Harmon. Oh, you know how I feel about a 1980s Mark Harmon. 1980s Mark Harmon is looking very good. Man. Very good. And a 1980s Kirstie Alley. Yep. Also looking very good. Yep. Courtney Thorne Smith, who's been working. I was just talking about her. I was like, she's really worked like consistently throughout the years. Yes. Her. Well, that was my impression. And also um, she plays one of the students. Mark Harmon is a teacher. Kirstie Alley is a teacher. Courtney Thorne Smith is a student. Um, one of the other students, I know I'm going to say his last name wrong, but his name is Patrick Laberto. Laberto. Which one was he? He played Kevin Winchester, the one he was sort of the. Oh, the football player guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's been a lot of stuff too. That guy also, I, cause I was like, God, he looks so familiar to me. He started as a child on little house on the prairie then was like in these sort of teen movies yeah i didn't realize he's still like constantly he was on that show which i never watched jag for like 10 years oh he was yeah i've known i've never seen an episode of jag yes and then reunited with mark Harmon. he's been on ncis for several years really i didn't know that either i'm like this is a guy who literally has spent his entire life in on television and films and i no one knows who his name is yes yeah, so you just go oh that guy yeah he, but he, and but there's a, a bunch of people. It's him. Yeah. Him. Uh, Courtney Thorne Smith, like we said, yeah. what's her name? Um, sh- what's her name? Was it, is it Shawnee Smith? Yep. Shawnee Smith. She was in a ton of stuff back in like at least the eighties and nineties. She was in a ton of stuff, but yes. um, yeah. And that Patrick Laborto or whatever. Yeah, oh, he's in Heathers. I mean, that's another huge oh, one. Yeah, he's, he's, in Heathers. Heathers. he's been in, I'm like, how does it not, he, he is not a household name by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm like, my God, this man has been working literally for 40 years. Yeah, that's the best. I think honestly, that is the best level of fame is, oh, that guy. Because yeah. you can, you you work consistently, you do what you like, you get paid pretty well, but you can live your life and like, Not you know, bothered. relatively unbothered. Yeah, except you must also feel a little bit like, gosh, I've, no one can even recognize me. And then, and then the guy who's the vice principal, he was also, um, Whenever I see him, I think of him. He was Jeffrey on who's the boss. Robin Thomas is his name. You know, he was Angela's boyfriend. Yeah. Who's the boss. Yep. And the, and the guy who played, um, Alan, who was sort of the, like, they said his siblings were so smart. Oh, the nerdy kid, like the kind of nerdy kid. Yeah. Yeah. His name is, his name is Richard Stephen Horvitz. And he, I looked him up too. 
he works all the time, but in as character actor, uh, character voices. Oh, he's worked constantly doing that, which you can kind of tell from that. Yeah, movie. he has that kind of high pitched voice. Oh, and Ken Ken Oland, the guy who was like the stripper, he was yeah. he was in like a ton of he, same thing, t- same thing as the other one. Tons of those movies around that time. He was in like I know oh, I know he was in April Fool's Day. I love that movie. He was reminding me of like a young Jim Carrey. Not that he was doing that kind of physical comedy, but his looks, I was like, huh. But I love, I mean, I love my favorite or Chainsaw and Dave. Chainsaw and Dave. In this movie. I love them both. They're so fun. It's just a great cast. It's a really, it's a fun, they really, I think whoever was the casting director cast the movie really well. Like they cast the kids really well. Yeah, well, this was a Carl Reiner film, which I also didn't recall that. Yeah, case. I, you know, well, when you're little, I was like, oh, Carl Reiner. But um, and then he's does a little cameo himself in the beginning. Yes, he he's the sort of catalyst for this whole plot, because yeah. this is about, as the title says, summer school. There's this band of misfit kids who have to go to summer school. Carl Reiner is supposed to be the summer school teacher, but he wins the lottery. He didn't even win that much money. Well, I guess in 1987. Well, even now, what who am I kidding? Wasn't it like 50 grand or something? And yeah, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't millions. millions, but it was enough for him to not have to teach summer school, basically. So he's like later losers. Yeah. And he was like, see ya. And then it's literally the last day of school. And this vice principal is running around the parking lot. Yeah. Like it was like his only chance. That's what's so funny is he's chasing people and they're, and they're stepping on the gas station away from them. And I'm like, there are telephones. Like he can still call people. It's not like once you leave the grounds of the school, all bets are off until, you know, you return for the fall. That's what was so funny about it. Yeah. They're all peeling out like Dukes of Hazzard style to get out of there. And Mark Harmon is there with his girlfriend. They're both literally wearing Hawaiian outfits and lays and all this stuff. And they, he has his ticket, of course, sticking out of his pocket. Yeah. And he, unfortunately, is the last one. And just because of that, he yeah. has to teach English for the summer when he's a gym teacher. He's the gym teacher. And he's like hiding behind a bush. And yeah. then Jeffrey... I'm, I'm calling him Jeffrey, even though it's not his name. And this, but he's he's like, you're now going to be the teacher, and if you don't do it, I'm going to deny you your your tenure because you're up for tenure, like next year or whatever. So he kind of blackmails him into like accept doing it. Yeah, the vice principal's name is Phil. But what do they call him? It was they call him his last name in it? Uh, Gills. Yeah, they're like, oh, Gills, blah blah blah. But he's like the typical asshole, you know, like in every movie, he's like the you know, villain, if you will, who's like plays by the rules and really he can't really can't stand Mark Harmon. No, he can't. But the thing that I didn't understand as the movie progressed was he so he ropes Mark Harmon into doing this, but almost immediately has this like antagonistic relationship with him where Mark Harmon has agreed to do this. But the whole time he's like, basically, like, I'm going to get you. Like, why is he going to get him? Because like, Kirstie Alley plays one of the other summer school teachers and she's yes. dating Gills. Yes. And clearly Mark Harmon is kind of interested in her and like, who's going to not pick Mark Harmon? Yeah. And they also make the vice principal. His personality is also terrible. Yeah. But I mean, it's so I think that's why he's kind of like, you know, he feels threatened by him because he's cool. Mr. Shoop's cool. He's he's super handsome all yes. the kids like him yes the ladies like him yeah he he's keeping it he's hanging 10 i feel like i feel like he's he does like hang loose to people probably 
He's li- he's living the beach life. He's living the salt life. No, oh, yeah, he certainly is. Well, and the vice principal just wants him to fail the whole time. I don't know. The whole thing to me seemed like a very weird, like, oh, great, you're going to do this, but now I want you to fail. Well, because he's like the ne'er do well teacher. So he's yeah. kind of like, I want this guy out of the school. He gives teachers a bad name kind of shit. One of those people that is like, they just care way too much. Where it's like, why do you even care this much? Like, relax. And it's also the summer. Who cares? Yeah. And also, all he does is call these kids a bunch of losers. Like, he's like, these idiot losers. Yeah. So that is, a good point. Cause on the one hand, he's going, they're idiot losers. And on the other hand, he's like, you're not even a good teacher. So it's like, which is it? Do you not right. care about them or do you care about them? Right. Which is another, you know, relic of the eighties where teachers could call you an idiot and no one thought anything of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the other thing I'll just point out is that this takes place in California. Mark Harmon on a gym teacher salary lives on the beach, on the beach. Oh, they're looking a little, just a little tiny bungalow. It's, you know, it is, it's small, but you and I both know Well, now it would be worth a four. I don't know how much in the eighties now that would be millions of dollars, but yes, millions and millions of dollars. And yet they're all just like, Hey, Mr. Shoop, like they're all sitting on his deck and yeah, he has a deck on literally on the beach. I believe it's Santa Monica. I mean, it looks like it's Santa Monica, Monica. which would be millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, but he's this ne'er-do-well gym teacher who somehow lives at this apartment. Yeah. Yeah, so he, his girlfriend is like, see you later. I'm going off to Hawaii without you. Yeah. Good luck to you. That's cold-blooded. She's like, later. I don't blame her though, really. Would you cancel your trip? I wouldn't. Well, back then, I don't even know if you could cancel. Like, I'm sure the tickets weren't refundable. No. And then he meets Kirstie Alley because she's not a regular teacher. She was just there for summer school because he had never met her. Like literally meets her 12 hours later. And is like, oh, hello, madame. Yeah, he got over the girl going to Hawaii real fast. Yeah. Uh, And she's like a legitimate teacher. So initially it seems like they have a flirtation, but then she gets sick of him because she's like, I'm actually trying to teach and your class is completely out of control. Yeah, because he's like one of those hay kids and they go on like field trips to like ride roller coasters and petting zoos. And he's not taking any of it seriously. He's just like, whatever, do what you want. This is summer school. It's lame. And they each and each of the kids has like a different kind of thing. Like, as you said, well, there's one there's one girl played by Shawnee Smith who is very pregnant. Yeah, she's like nine months pregnant. Yeah. Uh, then there's the football player who we were talking about. And his thing is he has to take, he has to pass this class to get back on the football team. Is like why he's doing it. Yeah. But he's sweet. I think he's like a sweet, nice guy. He was very nice. And he yeah. and he's he strikes up sort of a romance with the very pregnant girl. Yep. And then there is um Larry, who is always asleep in class, which they find out later is because he's a stripper. Yeah. That 80s style stripper too, which is so fun. It's like the scene in Mr. Mom. It's like the same exact vibe, you know. That takes a disturbing turn at the end when when he um, says why he's no longer stripping. Yeah. And I like that he was 17. This is what's so funny is they, I mean, again, what's funny is they're all clearly as old as Mark Harmon, probably. Um, like, yeah, Ken Oland and Mark Harmon are peers, I would think. <laughs> But he's all like, I'm 17 and I'm stripping in the strip club. Um, and then there are the two, there's Chainsaw and Dave who are like the kind of, well, they're both, they drink quite a bit. That's, that's an ongoing storyline. 
that they're not ever sober. Yeah. And they're kind of like, to me, they're like the Jeff Spicoli of this movie. Yeah. But they're, I would argue that they're very talented because they do a lot. They love monster movies and monsters and stuff. And they do like really good special effects makeup, I think. They had, well, there's, let me just say, there's a lot of things that are, are definitely 80s hallmarks that would not work out today. And one of them is that these two, as, as stated, are constantly drinking and Mark Harmon finds alcohol on them and they get arrested as, as they're on the beach. They have alcohol. The cops come up. Mark Harmon happens to come up and sees this whole thing happening the police are about to arrest them for uh, possession as uh, as minors, and he says, "Oh no, the, that's my alcohol. Yeah, they're just holding it for me. Yeah, which there's so many levels of wrong there, but man, then the cops arrest Mark Harmon. Yeah, which really they should have. It was the '80s. It was the '80s. And then <laughs> look, who hasn't had a drink with their teacher? Raise their hand. <laughs> I will say." I <laughs> I have that never, never has ever. Happened. Yeah. That didn't, that part didn't even phase me for one second. Well, it wasn't even that they were drinking with him. It was that he knew that they were drunk all he knew that they were drunk all the time. He's like, get it together. You too. And, but he took the fall for them, which was nice. But then he went, they actually showed that he goes to trial. <laughs> yeah. He had to go to trial. They, he dragged the whole class to court to watch the proceedings. I love that. The best line in the whole movie is when the judge goes, he says, they were like, um, <laughs> he goes to one of them. He's like, you presented false identification. He's like, no, that is my idea. And he's like, you were a black Marine in 1986. <laughs> That's the best. I yeah. love that. The judge, he's like my favorite. Yeah. Well, and then the judge, this is sort of another thing that reoccurs. The judge is sympathetic and is like, oh, I'm going to let you off. I'm going to drop all charges just because you're willing to go to jail for your students. Right. You must be a good teacher because you're really like trying to protect them. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, yeah. It's it's completely crazy. So so that happened. I mean, the whole thing and, and Shoop, the teacher, Mark Harmon, he's very inept. He's not even really trying to teach them. I think he's just sort of counting the days as they all are even though at the end of this class they have to pass this exam which is why they're in school yeah that doesn't seem to motivate any of them really no but we do find so they get to the point where he's he learns like because the vice principal is like here's the deal like these kids need to pass this test or else guess you're not going to, I'm going to get you full fired. Like not even just not get your tenure. Like you are going to get fired if these kids don't pass the test. So he starts being like, Hey kids, we have to be serious. And the one nerdy kid is like, all right, that's fine. But we all, you have to do something for us. So all of us have a wish that you have to grant. And I love it. They're like full. Now they're blackmailing the teacher. You have to fulfill our wishes in order for us to take this class seriously never mind the fact that they do in fact need to pass remedial english in order to graduate from high school yeah but they're like we will only do it if you give us some sort of uh thing in return so it's like the one girl who the one that turns out to be dyslexic she is like i need to learn how to drive so he's like teaching her how to drive 
Chainsaw and Dave, just all they want is a screening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is funny. Yeah. One of them's like, we need to be able to throw a party at your, that's another thing, a throw a full party at your house. He also, Courtney Thorne Smith, I think is supposed to be one of the younger ones. I'm not. He says at one point, she goes, I'm, I'm 16. I'm 16 and you're 30. That's what she's like. And you're 30. Yeah. And she moves in with him. She does have a crush on him. And she's like, I'll tell you my, my wish later. And then she's like, look, I need a place to stay because my house is too crowded. And he's like, all right, until you find another place. But he, to his credit, he is keeping it on the up and up. He's not. Yes, he is. Well, she, she does try to hit on him. She says your girlfriend, which I didn't realize your girlfriend is 21. That's not that different from me. What's the big deal? And he was like, yeah, no, that's, that's a line I will not cross. Yeah. She's like making him dinner. She's like, Freddie, Oh yeah. What kind of salad dressing? And I'm like, what 16 year old is making a full dinner and stocking various uh, salad dressings? And she called him like, hun. She's like, honey, what are you? I'm like, okay. At that point he should be like, let's dial this back. But he did at that point. He's like, look, I think you, you know, we have different understandings here. Again, all the, all the vice principal had to do was find out that she was living with him. And that would be grounds for firing him right there. Can you blame her though? I mean, come on. This, go, this harkens back to your high school. What, who among us hasn't had a drink with one of our teachers and maybe gone out on a date? I mean, dates. Pushing it. I did make out with a guy who looked just like Mark Harmon, specifically because he looked like Mark Harmon. That was the only yeah. reason. That's fair. Yeah. As long as you weren't 16 and he was 30. I don't know how old he was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was 30. No, he was probably like, how old was that? I don't know. I didn't check ID. So he, so he does, he grants all of their wishes, which is also crazy. There's yeah. a fi- they have a party. There's a fire on his couch. At one point, yeah. They're setting up literal fireworks in the beach shack. Yes. And I did read that for real, that couch started to burn out of control and Mark Harmon was putting it out and he actually burned himself in that scene. I, and you know, what's funny about that scene is I said, there is no way in hell that this character would have a working fire extinguisher. Oh yeah, no. Like the fact that he's like, move out of the way and brings the fire extinguisher. I'm like, Mr. Shoop would not have had that no. available. No way. No. Unless it came with the apartment. Yeah. But I guess the, the, the fire marshal of the set was like, that's burning out of control. So let's get that. Uh... Oh, that's a good piece of trivia. I did not know that. It actually started to burn out of control. Well, I was highly flammable. I mean, clearly, I guess they wanted to make it light up pretty quick and they didn't realize how, how, how successful they would be. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and I'll say there's a student at the very beginning who asked for a hall pass and is never seen again. I love that guy. He's like, I need to go to the bathroom. Yes. Never seen again. Um, and then Larry, who is the stripper, he winds up telling Mr. Shoop that, um, he had to quit stripping when his mother and his aunt (laughs) came to the strip club his mother didn't know who he was and put a $5 bill on his G-string and his aunt kissed him with tongue. And he doesn't seem phased by it at all. He's like, oh, and then I had to quit. Oh, he's so bummed out. Mm-mm. Yeah. He was very disappointed that he had to quit. Oh, and then there's the, the Italian student, you know, of course, the beautiful, you know, hot bod Italian student who's there just to like get better at her English before school starts. And one of the requests from Chainsaw and David's like, we need to have a field trip at the beach because we want to see her in a bikini. Yep. And he's like, all right. Yes. And that 
actress was in Austin Powers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a star studded cast. Well, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that I, I didn't realize that Austin, I thought Austin Powers was later in the timeline than it was, but it was actually not that much after 1987. So I was like, oh, I guess that is her. Yeah. I, sure enough, it was. Sure enough, it yeah. was. So the, the kids keep, you know, at one point after he's done all this stuff, they're like, we want to renegotiate and come up with like a whole nother round of things for you to do. And he's like, forget this. I don't care if I lose my job. None of this is worth it. I just want to go surfing and he quits. Yeah. Like you're all ungrateful. Yes. And they are. And rightfully so. Cause he is like really helping a lot of them out. Yeah. And then the whole time with Kirstie Alley, like they're flirtatious and she's like helping him with school stuff and they, you know, but she's kind of still keeping him at arm's length. Yes. Though she does overhear Gill's talking and that turn that sours her to him that's when she starts to become even more once again if presented with mark Harmon in 1987 even in a visor and and roller skates yeah which are two things that i'm not a fan of on a man usually no come on it's no contest it's, it's really no contest. i mean it's not i mean it's not a fair fight yeah even though mark Harmon is presented as really kind of not a good role model, let's say. I mean, I guess he is at a certain, he, he has an unorthodox way of doing things. He's supposed to be like a man child, like eating, you know, it's like how they always love to do in movies or in, you know, in the eighties and stuff. Let's show that he doesn't have it together and he'll eat peanut butter and jelly by dipping his finger in peanut butter and then in jelly. Right. You know, like we yeah. get it. Yes. He, he doesn't have actual plates. We understand. Yeah. And he is very happy. He quits and he's like, I don't care. I don't care if I don't get tenure. I don't care about anything. He literally goes to the beach. He goes right to the beach. Yeah. Which he can do easily in his beachfront abode. Yeah. He doesn't even have to bring like snacks. He could just go back home to get them. Just dip his finger in the peanut butter and walk right on down to the sand. (laughs) Yeah. So the kids are upset that he's gone. The vice principal is all happy. He, now, here's the thing. This was his whole conundrum at the beginning of the movie. Who's going to teach this class? He seems to be very easy to find this woman to come in and teach the class. I don't know yeah. why she just couldn't have been the teacher from the get-go. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Reiner, take that one. <laughs> but the kids the kids do not want anyone other than Shoop. So they put together a very, in 2022, uh, eyes disturbing scene of a classroom where they have all been massacred there's it's good special effects yes there's fake blood everywhere there's intestines there's severed hands there's someone pinned to a wall yeah it's real good like they should have you know what they should have done they should have had somebody from the like rick baker studio come down and check out their handiwork i'm sure yeah i'm sure that's who did it now listen here's the thing this was supposed to be like almost like a chainsaw massacre because I guess that's that was their favorite movie. However, watching that now was so highly disturbing seeing t- teenage children. Oh, well, that's part true. I didn't, you know what? I'd never even put that connection together. I didn't even think about it like that. I, that's all I could think of. I was like, they would, ne- that, and let me say this to their benefit. In 1987, who could have conceived of carnage in a classroom? You're actually absolutely correct. I never even, I did not even put that together. I was like, this is so upsetting. And it was played 
for laughs again because there was no other than i know there were a few school shootings before columbine in 1999 but that was still 12 years away nothing like what we've experienced in the past you know 20 years nothing like that and the fact that the girl comes out she's covered in blood she's screaming and she's saying like something horrible has happened i was like this is in a movie like this again it was almost 40 years ago. That just goes to show you like the state of our world and that they thought this is going to be funny because this is something so outlandish, something that would never happen. And yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, worse things happen worse, worse. It was just very, it was, I was like, I get it. Then again, it was played for laughs. And it was all over the top. Like it was like, yes, you know, the guy with his finger in the, um, pencil sharpener, like they really did like creative, dumb, special effects 80s movie slasher type stuff but yes I didn't even I didn't even think about it like that yeah I guess you 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 couldn't do that or nor should you do anything like that in a comedy now no or yeah it was horrifying but again I I I know it was from 1987 and those were much better days where no one could ever imagine such a in more innocent days that's for sure yes much much more innocent oh and I looked it up Rick Baker was an uncredited special makeup effects artist on the movie, uncredited. Well, yeah, that, of course, that was the other thing that these two numbnuts were supposed to have done all this fantastic special effects is yeah. really stretching the imagination, but. I don't know, I love those guys. And don't you love how they, because you love Siskel and Ebert, they kept being doing like thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. I was like, oh, these guys, <laughs> they're so fun. I'd be friends with those guys for sure. Yeah, they were, well, again, they kept reminding me of Spicoli. They were very, they were this, they were very Spicoli-esque, the sort of what me worry crowd. I think I would be friends with every single one of those kids. Yes. They were all presented as 'er ne'er-do-wells, but it was all very harmless. No one was actually doing anything bad. No. They just weren't good students. They weren't good students, but they all had like good hearts and were like nice kids. Yeah. Although they were blackmailing their teacher, but. Well, you know. Yeah. So he, you know, agrees to come back and he's like, well, if I'm going to come back, we have to be serious about passing this test. Yeah. And so they all sort of start in earnest to try to study, to pass this test and they get all into it. And yeah, there's like the, uh, you know, the scene, the the montage of like all the kids studying with their books and like Courtney Thorne Smith, who's the, you know, the beach girl is like out sitting under the sun with like textbooks and they're all like doing that to show that they're really all trying right so after however many weeks of them goofing off and doing all sorts of things they finally make in the last week they decide to get serious and try to learn this stuff to pass the test and Kirstie Alley winds up helping him yeah she's helping Shub um and so they take the test and at the end of the test Johnny Smith actually goes into labor so she goes running out of the room yeah which you know to her credit, she compl- still completed the test, even in labor. I know they were all like, why didn't you say something? That's grounds for a do-over right there. Yeah. And they get the results back. And unlike what you think, because this is a Hollywood movie, you think, oh, everyone's going to pass. Um, I believe only two of them passed. Maybe yeah, like two or three, not a lot. Two or three of them passed. The rest of them failed, uh, not even close, miserably. Yeah. So this is the best news for the vice principal. He's like, great. He's not going to get tenure. We're going to fire him. But the students and their parents rally to the defense of um, 
of Mark Harmon and they have a meeting with the actual principal of the school. Yeah. Who, now this is just like the, the judge who lets Mark Harmon off because he was willing to do anything for his students. He is convinced, which wasn't a terrible argument by Mark Harmon, that actually these students did, even though they failed, they improved. And he says to all the kids and he's talking to them, he's like, look, you went from like a 28 to a 53. Like, that's great. Like, yes. you know, he, and he's really passionate about it. And it shows him that he actually does like teaching and it feels good to help these kids improve. And yeah, even though they didn't technically pass, except for a couple of people who did, you know, they all were for once were studying and, and applying themselves and trying. So that's yes. why all the parents were like, we've never seen our kid crap, you know, crack open a book. And now they're, they're really trying. And we credit Mr. Shoop for that. Cause they just liked him because he treated them like normal, good, nice kids and not like loser idiots. Yeah, they were. And, and, uh, in, in one of the funnier part, the guy, Dave, who sort of chainsaws, uh, partner in crime, he, he passes Okay. But you see him at the end of the test. He's just answering C, 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 well, C, C that's C, what, C. I mean, that is the rule. When in doubt, pick C. I mean, I always live by that rule. Yes. And he, and he passes and chainsaws all mad at him. And he says, I promise if I took it again, I'm sure I'd fail. Yeah. But it's sweet because it's like, it actually is a really good, you know, good message out of like a silly eighties comedy. It's like treat people with dignity and, and you'd be surprised the response you'll get back. You know, give people a chance, treat, treat them like people and with dignity and respect and usually good things will happen. And so really, the, and, and then, you know, of course, uh, Mark Harmon and which I, this, I thought this was sort of a strange end to the movie. The movie is the last scene is Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley walking on the beach. Yeah. And he is, you know, once again, asking her out. She has turned him down repeatedly. But and and she actually turns him down again. But she says something to him like, oh, "Well, you didn't ask if you could kiss me or something like that." And then they do this from here to eternity. Yeah, a full from here to eternity scene in the beach. Which I was like, "That's a random like." I loved it. Finally, oh my like, god! Finally, they're gonna make out. And she no, she says to him like, "He's like, can't we go go to dinner? I'm like, I'm gonna stop asking you." And she's like, "We can talk it over during breakfast." Oh, that's right. Well, that's what it was. Yes. And and then they do the full from here to eternity. In full clothes. Full clothes, but, you know, they're wearing white, so you can, like, see through everything. Yeah. And his sweet dog, who, oh, at one point in the movie, he loses his favorite toy and is, like, super yes. depressed. The, the Miraculously, the toy washes back up on the beach, and he's, once again, happy, too. And I will say, just to your point, Anne, Carl, Carl Reiner, the director, said um, that he was very happy with all the kids that they chose for those teenage roles. He thought that he said they clearly stood out from the others and he never imagined finding a supporting group as good as this. Yeah, they were, it was, it was very, very well cast. Yeah. And the other funny thing is when they did this, Courtney Thorne Smith was not really popular by the time the movie came out. She was, so they, she then got higher billing than she was supposed to have got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's worked man consistently. Yeah. Yes, she has been working for a very long time. I like her. Yeah, she's likable. And also the high school that they used was also used in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh, that's a good one too. So Anne, I have to say, uh, I think I'll, I'll say a few things. I don't, I feel, I, I think there's many ways that this film does not hold up over time because there's obviously a well, lot of that things. scene for sure, which I now won't 
think anything else about it now that I, when I watch it again. Yes, that scene. And also just, you know, a lot of the more permissiveness of adults for children uh, yeah. certainly could only happen in the 80s, I guess. That is true because Kirstie Alley shows up to the apartment with when Courtney Thorne Smith is making dinner and she's like, I didn't know we were having anybody over for dinner. And she's, instead of being like, what are you doing? She's like, come on, man. Like a student, it, she's more just disappointed than like horrified. <laughs> you know, her reaction's just like, yeah. oh, come on. And she also leaves. She's not like, um, you're coming with me. Yeah, you come with me and we're, he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, you can come live with me for however long you yeah. need. You don't have to stay here with Mark Harmon, your teacher. Oof. Yeah. But a lot, like you said, it's still, it's still, uh, it's still a fun movie. And for that, I am going to go Muldoon. <gasps> well, I, of course, am going to go Muldoon. Yeah, we saw that coming. I mean, come on. It's fun. It's sweet. It's a sweet movie. Right. I don't think it's like one of the greatest movies of the eighties, but it's good. It's, you know, it's good. And I've seen it so many times. And I, and I like it every time it's fun and it's really because of the cast. I enjoyed it. I will say that I, and it doesn't have like the raunch of other eighties movies. No. There's no gratuitous, gratuitous uh, nudity. They're just nice, good kids that are like being given a second chance essentially. Yeah. And it's kind of sweet. And I like that they don't all pass because that's not realistic. They wouldn't have all passed. Somebody who had a zero is now all of a sudden going to get a 70 or whatever it was you needed to pass. Like, you know, but they at yes. least felt better about themselves and, and learn that you can do better. Right. Oh, and then we failed to say that the highest grade went to the kid who took the hall pass at the beginning of the semester. Well, because he back. says in the beginning, he's like, the computer made a mistake. I passed that test. <laughs> so he's like later. And then he comes back. It takes the test and gets like a 95 or something. Yeah. He got the highest grade. Yeah. A cute film worth worth a rewatch, I would say. It is. It's fun. Yes. And it's it's on Showtime if you have that for free. Yeah. And I did watch it on Showtime. All right, Anne. I think that was a good one and a good way to kick off the summer kick off the summer so if anybody has any suggestions or requests by all means by all means because otherwise it's just just looking at like lists on the internet inspiration you never know what inspiration is going to strike in that's right yeah unfortunately it doesn't strike us that often but sometimes <laughs> it does that's right. sometimes it's just lightning in a bottle you just <laughs> you don't know you don't know <sighs> all right Dan, yeah. this was fun that was a good one until next week. Until next week, everybody. Outrageous.